0: Five, six, one, sixty three. How big can he possibly be? Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, a hundred nothing podcast. I am your host, and I am five foot nothing, a hundred nothing. All right, ND Nation, welcome back. It is so good to be recording again. The last time I talked to you guys was after the 4th of July. That was July 6th, which was a lifetime ago, based on everything that has happened since then. And never mind the college football landscape, I mean... since I talked to you, I went on a two week vacation to Florida. I closed on our house that took 11 months to build. My kids went back to school. I didn't have a place to call my own for a few weeks. And it's, it's been a whirlwind to say the least. Um, I was chasing my own shadow and my shadow kept on winning. It was pretty nuts. Um, And, on top of all the college football stuff that I've been trying to keep notes of and track and comment on Twitter, I'm kind of getting back into that, especially with the season coming up. Gotta immerse myself a little bit into Twitter. Uh, not that it's going to control my whole life, but I mean, there's so many things to I could start with. I, I'm the college football stuff, Texas, OU, the SEC. The latest news that broke today: the new alliance with the Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC. How does that affect Notre Dame? I will touch on that a little bit. Um, Notre Dame's recruiting—we are skyrocketing. It's fantastic. You love to see it. Talk about that. Um, what else has got the the Peacock Network? We got maybe I'll talk about that. It's only for one game that matters in, in terms of uh, the whole season. You really need to have the Peacock. Uh, there's just a lot of different directions I can go. Notre Dame not winning nine games. That seems to be a popular opinion amongst idiots. I don't I don't know what to call them. They say experts, like when they tag themselves or, you know, when they get on a show, they're an expert. <clears throat> but these experts seem to have no idea what the hell they're talking about. So I can talk about so many different things and you know I'm going to. So, there is one thing I will start with. And you know what it is. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. Let's go. Okay, I could talk about all of those things. But here's where I'm kicking off today. And I, I just put it on Twitter because I just saw it. Apparently, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish... Nickname mascot is offensive? <clears throat> and I want to know to who, but I do know the answer to that question. The the who is the twelve hundred and sixty-six people that were polled when asked <clears throat> what's the most offensive mascot. Notre Dame came in fourth behind, I don't even remember the specifics, but it was three Native American related. Mascots, nicknames. Those were the three most offensive. And right behind it was the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. (sighs) First of all, leprechauns are not real. They're a fun, mythical, Irish thing. They're not real people. So, like, uh, is the leprechaun community upset about this? I don't understand. Um, And then, if you just take the name itself... Fighting Irish. That's not a name we drew out of a hat and said, this sounds fun, let's do this. It was founded on the actual fighting Irish. And it was actually some Irish fighting the KKK, which, I don't know, I feel like that's a good group of people to fight if you're going to fight somebody. I don't think they're the best bunch of guys. So... That's how the Fighting Irish came to be. How in the world that's offensive, I don't know. But, when you're only polling 1,276 people, 1,266, however you want to say it, in a country that has a population of 333,220,183, you're polling 0.000038% of the population, and you think that's going to get you an accurate representation of what's offensive and what's not? My high school had more people than that. It was almost my graduating class. You took a senior class of one high school and said, "Hey, what do you find offensive?" Well, that's what everybody thinks. So that that killed me. Oh my God! I I, I didn't know that. That's I had no idea. I if I want to know what everybody thinks, I just need to go to my local high school and and find the senior class, and we'll we'll ask them, and boom, asked and answered, but I had to get that out of the way, because that was absurd, uh, and I do want to continue, before I get Notre Dame specific, with recruits, and our season, and so on and so forth, let's just talk about the college football landscape, let's just get that out of the way now. Uh, I know I'm behind. I know it's been a few weeks. So much has happened. And so we it, it's been talked about, regurgitated, talked about again. I'm not going to go over everything you have probably already heard. Uh, I'm not trying to do that. But OU and Texas to the SEC. OU, I'm anxious to see what they may or may not be able to do. Texas, they can't win the Big 12. What are they expecting to do? I, that's the funny one. I know they're a big name. I get it. It's Texas. It's UT. Hook'em horns. Blah 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 blah. But the fact of the matter is, they're just a name at this point. And you know what? For a minute there, Notre Dame was just a name. You know. But I'm proud to say and happy to say that Notre Dame is not just a name anymore. We are actually winning football games. No, we're not winning the biggest games. But find me the team that's winning ten plus games. A year outside of the three that I always mention—Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama—find the other team that's con- winning ten plus games consistently. With, by the way, not a pushover schedule. Regardless of what the idiots on Twitter or anywhere else want to say, we we have a we have a legitimate schedule. Okay, and you know sometimes it's not uh, the the names that we think are going to be good, end up not being good, but other teams end up showing up and turning out to be good. Part of that problem is we make our schedule multiple years in advance. We have no idea that Cincinnati was going to be what it is today how many years ago. We had no idea that Florida State would suck. I know it's part of the ACC, but again, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, in uh, Wisconsin, you expect them to be good, but who knows? It's just... Notre Dame is no longer just a name. Texas is. And I, I'm kinda i kind of anxious. I live in Texas. Can't stand you. So I don't know what exactly the SEC will look like when it's all said and done. And who knows when that will even happen. Um, what is it? Uh, 2025? The Big 12. Uh, like the contract deal. It's going to cost them a ton of money to get out of and... All that kind of stuff. So who knows when it'll happen? Probably sooner than later, you know. But what does that mean for Notre Dame? Well, I would have talked about that immediately after talking about the SEC changes, but we had an announcement today, which is less details are available about that right now. But the Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC are all uh, aligning and joining an alliance of some kind. Uh, to I guess combat the SEC you know I I don't know the details it's so new and fresh and I haven't had really a chance to look at it Um, so I'm not going to talk about something I don't know I just know that it came out I had planned to record today this is the time and is what it is but who the hell knows what that's going to be but the My first impression, uh, Big 12's done. I mean, that's it, right? I mean, it's, right? I mean, SEC is expanding to what, 14, 16 teams, and you got uh, the now the, the other three. So there's Power 5, the Big 5. SEC's doing their own thing. Now you got three joining up. That's four. The only odd man out is the Big 12, and... After OU in Texas, what is the Big 12? I mean, they're a great basketball school. That's nice. They're decent in baseball. They're really good in softball. But let's be realistic here. Football's the the sport running the show. And that's what you're looking at when you're taking on these teams. And these schools, I should say. So, uh, the Big 12 is just odd man out they I don't know how the, all this works, but my understanding is a conference has to reach out to a school. A school can't reach out to a conference, which I'm sure there's you know uh, what's the word, uh, back channels that aren't known about that these communications are happening. but if that's the case, like how awkward is that? Like you got doesn't just pick a Big Twelve school doesn't matter Kansas Iowa State Oklahoma State just pick one, and they're sitting there going, "Well, oh, man, I really, I really like to be a part of this alliance thing. I hope they call me. I is that? I don't know what is that. <laughs> I can't even think of a an appropriate analogy. It's." Like, you didn't put in a resume and you're hoping that someone calls you for a job? Like, I don't even know how that works. Uh, so it's really going to be interesting to see what happens to the Big 12, which is probably going to dissolve pretty quickly. Um, if this is the case, uh, these the schools that have namesake and have value, uh, not necessarily in football, but as a university itself, they're going to have to align or alliance with one direction or another. so But now, what does that mean for Notre Dame's independence? And everything that's been going on, the 12-team playoff, the OU Texas to SEC, now this alliance, all of it still Notre Dame gets talked about because they're independent. And they are, without question, the biggest draw, not just of any independent or anything. They're a huge draw... Regardless of who they're aligned with, but will their independence be able to stay? And I'm sure if Notre Dame and Jack Swarbrick and anybody on that campus has anything to say about it, yes, we are going to stay independent. It's been what we are. It's hasn't failed us yet. And I don't want to hear uh, that Notre Dame, hey, we haven't won a championship since '88. Fine, you're right. Ta-da! Yes, we haven't won shit since '88. I'm okay with that. That has nothing to do with the fact that we're independent. That is far from the issue. Independence has been good to Notre Dame and it allows us to recruit nationally, it allows us to be on national television on um, without certain limitations. It, it just has allowed a lot of freedoms that you don't get with conference affiliation. And yeah, Notre Dame is good enough to do that. Sorry. That's what it is. There are other schools that could do that, but they're not. So, whatever. Don't don't be jealous, okay? That's, that's not a good look, alright? Don't be jealous. But if this alliance and the SEC growth and all this changes the either the playoff committee decides, you know what, with the 12 teams, we're going to change it up, and I'm not about to guess. I'm not trying to make this whole show about this. But if they were to realign it to where you had to have some sort of conference affiliation, or they just somehow make it like a legitimate barrier between Notre Dame and the playoff, more so than it already is, then you might be seeing Notre Dame change its stance. And that just... Will have to be. I, I don't foresee that happening. I'm sure Notre Dame uh, is going to stick their foot in the ground as, as best they can and hold on to that independence. But I I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, or is all these all the realignments is that that are they going to come to some sort of agreement where, um, uh, you know, go you play one out of conference game or whatever the number is just. Uh, whatever that number is or is going to be, how they're going to do it. But I think the big question is how is Notre Dame going to be impacted from a scheduling standpoint? I think that's the question, as a Notre Dame fan, we need to be asking ourselves. Because if all of this happens the way it's going, and you know, college football is changing. Uh, more than i change watch watch them for the changes and try to keep up i mean my goodness but we don't know what it's going to look like right but if you think about it you've got three major conferences coming together three major conferences coming together there's a lot of good programs in the Pac-12 ACC Big 10 combined I mean, there's some Blue Bloods. There's some teams that are down right now, but historically, they have some namesake to them. How are they going to feel, this alliance, about scheduling a team like Notre Dame, who is not a gimme W? How are they going to feel about scheduling them when they already have, potentially, some really tough matchups on their schedule? What's the incentive for them to schedule a Notre Dame. I I worry about that. I don't know where Notre Dame fits in. These bottom feeding programs. Who are perennial bottom feeders. In those respective conferences. They're probably all on board to schedule Notre Dame. Because they get to go on national TV. And they could use the exposure. The money etc. Cetera, et cetera. But how does that benefit Notre Dame? I don't know. And that leaves what what's left of the Big Twelve, which is nothing. That leaves a lot of group of five teams. Okay, so what Notre Dame's going to schedule those and guarantee ten plus wins a season? Cool. Except that's not that's not our pro, that's not our goal. That's not what this program's goal is. That's not what the University of Notre Dame is trying to achieve. Ten plus wins uh, perennially. That's not it. It's win a championship. And you gotta play the best and beat the best. We've been playing the best, and we've been losing to the best. It sucks, but i'm I'm not about to sit by and we get scheduled. Well you know what would be funny though is we'll finally have a schedule that seems to be the narrative for all these haters out there. We finally will play nobody should all these you know things work out to where Notre Dame is stuck on the outside and has to play G5 teams and the rest of the independents and so on and so forth it's going to be interesting uh, to say the least you know uh, college football is just changing so fast and i i love to stay independent it's been good to us it's what we are it's what we do But we gotta pay attention to what's going on. I I don't know where it goes, so you know we'll see. But I had to get all that out with the news that broke today that again changed the college football landscape because now is the twelve team playoff gonna stay the way that was? I I don't think so. I mean you have a whole new dynamic. So, everything's going to be delayed, or at least they're going to have to rush to kind of put some stuff together. And all of this will probably push some of these things faster, actually, because if you get those three conferences to join up, you got the SEC doing their thing, the Big 12 is going to dissolve quickly, which will allow OU and UT to jump to the SEC earlier than planned with, maybe even without paying that huge chunk of money. Um, and then you get those three conferences together. Well, uh, is that, are they still operating independently? Are they, how does that work? So ha, conference affiliation, what's the tie-in there? There's a lot of things got to get worked out, but I have to uh, believe that somehow, some way, at minimum that 12 team playoff is going to get some adjusting and that's going to change where Notre Dame is at possibly again so you know we'll see but that's enough about college football as a whole now we're going to jump into some Notre Dame stuff and we're going to start with recruiting because we are lighting it up we are kicking some ass And it's kind of funny, you know, I'm I'm sitting here, I've, believe it or not, been trying to get in an episode um, for a few weeks now, Uh, but again, just a lot of stuff happening. Like, so much so that, I don't know if you can hear that, I'm recording this on my dresser, which is still wrapped in packing plastic, because there's no desk for me to sit at quite yet. Um, so yeah, I just, I needed room to put my notes, my microphone, all that. And (laughs) it's a, it's a plastic wrap desk or a dresser. That's what it is. So, but I, I've been trying, so I've been making notes, keeping up with the recruiting and whatnot. And, uh, when I started making these notes, uh, some things I wrote down, uh, for starters, we were the number fourth ranked recruiting class for 2022 got to emphasize that 2022, we're the number four class with an average player ranking of 91.1. That was the average rating of each player of all of our recruits. I also wrote in very big letters with several underlines, zero wide receivers. We had zero wide receivers when I started making this list. Um, you know, that's changed and I'm going to get there. But I put zero wide receivers because we had none, and I was concerned. This year, barring injury to Lindsey, Austin, Keys, because they were out most of last year, but uh, with what we have on the roster, this year is not a huge concern in terms of depth or numbers in terms of receivers. We got Lindsey, we got Austin, Davis returning leading receiver that's returning. Keys, Wilkins, all those guys are seniors, though. That's the thing. We've got all those guys, but they're all seniors. Then, be after that, it's three freshmen and a sophomore. That's a concern. Because if Lindsey, Austin, Davis, Keys, Wilkins decide to jump after this year, which, why not? They can. Um, they might be able to use that one COVID year if they have a grad senior. All There's ways they can stick around, yes. But, Let's assume they're leaving. That leaves us three freshmen and a sophomore. I mean, there's other receivers on the roster, but of note, three freshmen and a sophomore. So I was freaking out. Like, oh my God, we're going to transfer to Tyler Buckner. We've got zero depth after this year at receiver. Like, we need help. And it's going to be young depth regardless. There's no way to make them older. But we need some talented guys And lo and behold, before I could even put out another recording, we get not one, but two top 25 overall receiving recruits. Now, positionally, uh, they're 18th and 11th in their receiving ranking. So we got top 20 receivers nationally. That's what we needed. That is it. Two four-star guys. And if you haven't heard their names yet, I'm sure you have. It's been a minute. But Tobias Merriweather and CJ Williams. And Merriweather committed first, and that moved Notre Dame from the number four to the number three ranked recruiting class for 2022. Then CJ Williams signed, and that moved Notre Dame from number three to number two ranked recruiting class for 2022, with an overall uh, average rating per player of 91.54. So that's jumping up, and I'm focusing on that 91.54 because that doesn't matter. You know, uh, like, you know, uh, all right, Beef, Marty, here's your Clemson minute. Clemson's averaging a rating for further players 93 and change. Now, they're behind us in the recruiting rankings, but that's because you're using a combination of numbers and rating, and you kind of, you know, it all works together, right? Like Penn State's number one, and I I don't even, I think they're barely a 90 average rating, but they've got more recruits than anybody else right now committed. That's the difference. You know, so we need to keep that number high. And it's higher than it's been. And why is that? Because then the breakdown is very different than years past. A lot of times Notre Dame is a, you know, we don't get many five stars. We got one next year, Brendan Vernon, but we're not getting a ton of five stars. But we've been able to make it work with the recruits we've got. And nine times out of 10, it ends up being like a 50-50 four-star, three-star split. Sometimes even more three-stars than four-stars. 2022, however, currently, 15 four-stars to only six three-stars. It's like a two-to-one ratio. More a little more than two to one, and that's I'm excited. If we're winning with what we had, and now we're getting better recruits to come in, I mean the future is bright. The future is bright, and you know, to, C.J. Williams comes in. He's as soon as he uh, committed. He's the number two ranked recruit in this class, and uh, Meriwether comes in at five. So not only were we lacking wide receivers, we were lacking top end. Skill position recruits on the offensive side of the football, and sign these two guys. They're both top five players in this class, current as it stands. You know, and between all uh, those two guys, you got three linebackers in the defensive end. So we still got our linebacking and uh, front seven still coming strong. You know, we're gonna work. We gotta work on the secondary a little bit, but we got some hope there. We got some guys coming up that are being recruited and hopefully they commit to Notre Dame and we get them and our secondary will be better. you know. But our number one recruit is still Jalen Sneed. And I'm bringing him up <clears throat> so I can call out my buddy Beef again. I need you to get to Hilton Head, bud. I need you to move. All right, High school football starts soon if it hasn't already started in South Carolina. And Jalen Sneed plays in Hilton Head. So, I'm going to need some, like, boots on the ground. You know, just show up on a Friday night. Just bring your camera. Send me some clips. I need I need to inform my listeners, the loyal Notre Dame fan base, what's going on with Jalen Sneed, a newspaper article, and anything you got. You know, you're going to be there. I, I trust you. You're not going to steer me the wrong way. Tell me some good things about Jalen Sneed. But first, get down to Hilton Head. Start there. Um... But yeah, recruiting is flying, guys. It's flying, and you love to see it. It's it's fantastic. So, that's all I really want to say about recruiting. Because I want to get into... Oh, man, this is going <laughs> to... I want to get into the idea that Notre Dame is going to win less than nine games. I... For the life of me, I cannot. I can't get there, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be a Homer. I'm not. I'm not trying to be, you know, Shamrock Glasses and Golden Rainbows. I, I'm. I'm gonna be more positive than negative, when I talk about Notre Dame, but I'm gonna do my best to be objective and honest and realistic. And as I, I'm try, I try. I'm trying to find a way to see Notre Dame lose or lose, win less than nine games, lose four games, basically. And here's the best part of that whether it's some quote unquote experts on some podcast or some show or some article or on Twitter, or it's just your general Twitter idiot. When they bring this up, oh, eh, Notre Dame. You ain't gonna, you're not even going to win nine games. You're, it's going to be eight and four. Okay. Fine. Let's play your game. Who's the four? Go ahead. Who's the four? And they would just say the four toughest games. Cincinnati, Wisconsin, USC, North Carolina. Okay. Why? I, w- I wish there was like a... When they could ask that question, like a camera on their phone, takes a picture of their face. Cause I'm sure their face is like, Oh shit. I don't know why. Just cause I, I don't like Notre Dame. And, but the reasoning is never, it's, there is nothing. They've got nothing to substantiate and back up. Why they believe Notre Dame will lose to Cincinnati, Wisconsin, USC, North Carolina. Forget all four in the same season. How about pick them out individually? Well, since that well you know, they're gonna be mad Marcus Freeman left, they're gonna have that chip on their shoulder. And and you know that Notre Dame has to replace so many guys. Real quick, again, watch me for the changes and try to keep up, please. All this talk of Notre Dame losing all this production, Marty, I know you're gonna hammer me on whatever their ranking is for returning production, like it's it's not great fine. You know who actually is below us? Alabama. And I'm not saying Notre Dame is Alabama. Let's clear that up real quick. But what I am saying is there are teams who replace a ton of talent. And while Notre Dame isn't Alabama, I feel like you guys can agree with me on this, the non-Notre Dame listeners I've got. Notre Dame is probably a lot closer to Alabama than they are to, I don't know, Cincinnati? In terms of being able to replace departing players? I mean, let's... Come on. You know, the the receivers that... Oh, we don't have... No returning production from the receivers. Okay. I guess... Statistically, that's correct. Except for the fact that the receivers that started last year, Javon McKinley and Benny Skoronek, were not the starters when... You know, uh, spring or whatever fall camp opened when we were coming back in August it was Brayden Lindsey and Kevin Austin Kevin Austin went down again didn't even play Braden Lindsey I think caught 7 passes all season then right beyond them was Lawrence Keyes he was out most of the season with uh, injury so Skoronek and McKinley playing due to injury is something I consider I don't just you know, we're avoiding the why, I guess, is my point. You're like, well, oh, there's no, no production returning, no production. Well, why is there no production? Because the guys who were supposed to be producing last year got hurt. <clears throat> and they are talented, and they are good, and they can compete with top level talent. And McKinley and Skoronek were nice, but there was a reason one went undrafted, and the other was drafted in the seventh round. They weren't that good. I mean, they were good. But they're not what Braden Lindsey and Kevin Austin are, and I do have to say supposed to be, because we need, do need to see it. But we've seen glimpses of it enough for me to know that if they're healthy, I'm not even sweating. Oh, oh no, no, no production from the receivers coming back. I don't care. And, you know, well, yeah, but fine, your receivers are amazing. Who's going to throw them the ball? You don't have Ian Book anymore. Jack Cohen, are you kidding me? I, why are we talking about Ian Book like he's Trevor Lawrence? I I need to know. I need to know the answer to that question. Because he's not. He's not Justin Fields. He's not irreplaceable, guys. He's not. I Ian Book was fantastic. Loved what he did. He is a true domer. Man, he undersized, gave 100% effort 100% of the time. And... Uh, awesome that he got drafted like that's an amazing thing it's a huge accomplishment i'm i'm proud to say he was our quarterback but at the same time i'm not ignorant to the fact that he had limitations you know like i i don't know how was i screenshotted so many different plays of ian book with his back to the offensive line I maybe maybe he's a very, very gifted quarterback and he has eyes in the back of his head and you can see that shit. I don't know. But my guess is he doesn't. And that's why he didn't see any of these open receivers running down the field because he was too busy. One read, boom, gone scrambling. Now, he's a great runner. That was fantastic. It worked. We won games. But there was, like, I know you guys saw the glaring difference between every team and us When we went to the college football playoff. We were the only team without an elite quarterback. Like, you can't dispute that. That was a very glaring difference. Okay? So let's not act like Ian Book is impossible to replace. In fact, I think Jack Cohen brings things that Ian Book didn't or couldn't do. And that's going to make a huge difference in our offense. Okay? Yes, Ian Book was great at scrambling. Jack Cohen, probably not. The most fleet of foot. But you know what I did see in the spring game? He's very elusive within the pocket. You know where he keeps his eyeballs? Down the fucking field. And if you want an explosive play, you gotta be looking down the field. It, again, unless there's a new way to find open receivers without looking at them, you know, let me know. Five foot nothing pod at gmail.com or on Twitter at five foot nothing pod. Let me know if there's a new way to find open receiver without actually seeing them. I feel like that's an important piece of the puzzle here. And Cone does that. He keeps his eyes down the field. We are going to see explosive plays from this offense. I expect it. I believe it's there. We've got the dudes to make it happen. So, will it be a different equation in terms of how we produce on offense? Yeah. It's not going to be, you know, book throws for 240 and runs for 80. It's we probably end up with a very similar looking statistic, and when I say statistically, I mean total yards, points might look the same at the end of the week, end of the year. How we got there probably gonna be a little bit different, and I do believe Jack Cohn brings that. I mean the the man played at Wisconsin and brought them to a Rose Bowl, okay? And and that's another. Let's oh Jack Cohn man Jack Cohn yeah he got beat up by a freshman he's no good. How can you be good? You got beat up by a freshman. That's, no, that's bad. Here's the thing. Jack Cohn got injured. And Graham Mertz took over the job. And if I'm Jack Cohn, which is, this is what he did. If I'm Jack Cohn, what I do is go, you know what? This guy's a freshman. Let's let him play. He didn't win the job. I could probably come in and win the job back. But... Where's Wisconsin going? we still got Ohio State in our conference. It. I don't know. I need to find a place I can win. Well, goddamn, <clears throat> there's a team not too far from here that needs a quarterback because they've got only a true freshman. They've got talent. They made the college football playoff two of the last three years. I'm going to go there and play quarterback and be on a winning team that probably has a very good chance of making the college football playoff. Especially if they go 11-1 and one, like I'm predicting. So, I think Jack Cohn did the right thing. And this Graham Mertz guy, by the way, Graham Mertz, great logo for your NIL stuff. Fantastic. Love it. And I just don't know how that goes with um, you know, your one touchdown and five interceptions against any competition worth a damn last year. He did have five touchdowns against Illinois. <clears throat> but let's not act like Graham Mertz is something special. Against any team of consequence, Northwestern, Indiana, Iowa, he had one touchdown and five picks. And I'm going to say those teams again Northwestern, Indiana, Iowa. They're not Ohio State. They're not Clemson. They're not Alabama. They're Northwestern, Indiana, and Iowa, who are very good and fine and well for the Big Ten. But that's who Graham Murch struggled against one touchdown, five picks. Now, Northwestern, Iowa, known for their defense. But the fact of the matter is I am not worried about Graham Mertz. So Jack Cohn is not you know I guess he's serviceable. Like you're acting like we we just fucking Joe Montana just graduated. Let's chill out. It was Ian Book. Okay. it was not you know some number one draft pick. It wasn't Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Chill out. We're gonna be okay. Oh, but how Okay, well you got Jack Hone throwing, you know, lasers and his great passes to these great receivers and Michael Mayer, mind you. But who's gonna block for him? Okay. Fair fair point. And here's the thing about that. No returning production. I hear you, Marty. I hear you all the way from Kyle, Texas. I hear it. But here's the thing. Josh Lug, he has played. He's he started a few games, but he's been a great backup with experience at Notre Dame. Kane Madden, I, know, I, I don't like preseason stuff. But if it fits my argument, eh, I'm going to use it. He's a preseason All-American. But he also was a second-team All-American at Marshall last year. The guy can play. Then you got Zeke Carell. Who played half of last season because Jared Patterson got hurt. Jared Patterson is back, and he is our best offensive lineman. He was probably our best offensive lineman last year until he got hurt. So, and then you got Blake Fisher, true freshman, who is just beast. So if you can, I don't know if there's a stat for that, how you put that in the book, but beast Blake Fisher. So Patterson and Correll kind of together made up one off. So two guys made one offensive lineman worth of production. Kane Madden played all last year, and Josh Lug played sparingly as a backup in, in injury situations, and so on and so forth. But let me ask you this, anybody who's listening. When was the last time a Notre Dame offensive line disappointed? Um, I'll wait for the answer. When was the last time an offensive line from Notre Dame disappointed? Cr- crickets, I hear nothing. Well, probably because I'm talking to myself. But the reason I hear nothing is because I don't know when. I don't know the last time in Notre Dame offensive line was a disappointment. So I'll tell you what. Until that happens, I'm going to trust that our offensive line will get their shit together. How about that? Okay? So, and, and I'm not even mentioning Kyron Williams, running back, who's <clears throat> being talked about in a... He's being listed on a Heisman preseason Heisman list, but I mean, you got to be worth a damn to even be talked about, right? So, we got Kyron Williams, we got Chris Tyree, uh, we got uh, Sibo Flemister, this freshman, estimate, he's showing stuff already as a true freshman. I, our offense is not going to be this grand issue that all these experts want to make it out to be and it's there they're, they're ignore it's it's fun it's fun to me because it's like Notre Dame is good and they can't stand it so now they're gonna try to pick and choose and find a way to make an argument as to why or what or how and here's the thing I I'm literally using factual information I'm not just pulling stuff out of thin air I'm not guessing I know for a fact Josh Lo has played at an at a high level at Notre Dame. I know for a fact Kane Madden was a second team All American. I know for a fact Zeke played a half a season and got to play the second half of the season against in some of our bigger games, and he did just fine. He is not a reason we lost a game. Jared Patterson was our best offensive lineman last year, so presumably he still is. And Blake Fisher is just a fucking beast. Okay, that might be a guess, but he's a beast. Then Jack Cohn, he has played high level football at Wisconsin in a Rose Bowl I, I've i physically seen the receivers that are Lindsey and Austin I've seen them do amazing things when healthy so I don't understand why Notre Dame doesn't get the same respect and the same kind of benefit of the doubt that other teams get I mean why because we lost to Clemson and Alabama uh, who the fuck hasn't Hey, quick! T- talk to your o- any OU friends. Talk to some Sooners. What's their record in the college football playoff? 0 4. Yeah, but somehow, some way, they still ah no. OU's going to come back better than ever. They're going to replace this, that, and the other. Why isn't not- we've done it for four years in a row? What? At what point do we get the respect for being 43 and fucking eight since 2017? Not many teams can say that. How many teams have won 10 plus games? Outside of the three I always mention, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. and Well, actually not even Ohio State because they played a half-ass season last year. But you get my point. I don't get it. We're not getting any love. And I haven't even mentioned the defensive side of the ball, which I can get to. But I'm going to go back to the idea that Notre Dame is going to lose four games. Because... You know what's coming. You know the rant is coming, because one of those four is North Carolina. A lot of people want to lead with North Carolina. I'm gonna build in North Carolina. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna build up to the joke, the hilarity that is the North Carolina hype. I don't. I don't think I've covered it enough. I feel like it needs another, another. You know, kind of a a once over. But you know, I've already Cincinnati. Well, I guess I'll start Wisconsin's first. Wisconsin's going to beat us. No, they're not. Um, it's going to be a close game. Neutral field makes it tough. It's in Chicago. But I like our defense in Marcus Freeman against Graham Mertz. Jack Cohn's going to be playing with that proverbial chip on his shoulder. So I just think at the end of the day, Notre Dame prevails. We're a very similar team in terms of what we've been I guess because I I really don't know what this offense is going to be but Wisconsin and Notre Dame uh, feel very similar recruit probably similar guys you know uh, similar styles of football not high flying you know things like that but I think overall Notre Dame has more talent Notre Dame wins then Cincinnati okay Desmond Ritter's back that's fantastic He's not even who we'll get to, Sam Howell. He's not even that. They have a brand new running back. But here's the the position that I don't understand. like people are apparently just ignoring. Just like, nope, not important. They are getting two new offensive tackles. Both offensive tackles have departed. Now, I know the answer to this question that I'm about to ask. But to you guys? Who do you think has a better recruiting coming in to replace the guys leaving Cincinnati or Notre Dame I'll give you a hint um, one of them has been a top 15 class last three years the other has uh, not even cracked the top 40 so I'm gonna say Notre Dame's guys are probably gonna be better than whoever Cincinnati wants to roll out an offensive tackle and what would those offensive tackles be dealing with oh i don't know um a returning returning production the returning production from our defensive line includes ten and a half sacks and a hundred and three tackles um then you, let's let's bring the whole front seven in let's just do that okay so defensive line alone is ten and a half sacks and hundred and three tackles but as a whole the front seven returning production in totality two hundred and thirty five tackles and fourteen and a half sacks I'm going to guess that their offensive tackles are in a world of trouble when we start rolling out our front seven, along with Marcus Freeman's defense, who, by the way, probably knows a little bit about Cincinnati. I mean, call me crazy. Unless, again, I I don't know. Maybe there's like a men in black thing going on. Once you leave a school on the way out, they boom, laser your eyes, and that's it. You forget everything you knew. you got to relearn everything. You don't know anything. That's too bad. Well, shit. I guess Cincinnati is going to win. Mark Freeman forgot everything. Oh, wait. No, he didn't, actually. And he's probably one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. And not only that, Cincinnati's defense has to replace a linebacker in both their safeties. And as I mentioned, I do believe Cone is going to bring an element to our offense that wasn't previously there. Let's go, Irish. Burn those safeties, burn that linebacker. So, watch out for Cincinnati. Uh, that wasn't a good Marty impression, but nonetheless, get get that T-shirt, Marty. Please get that T-shirt. And I tell you what, after I don't have the date, but it's game five. Um, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna put it in my shopping cart. I'm gonna get you a nice Notre Dame shirt. Put it in my shopping cart, and uh, I'll just just need your address, and I'll send you. Some memorabilia to memorialize the watching out for Cincinnati. I'll be watching. I feel like Tommy Boy. Watch and learn, he says. I was watching. And uh, Notre Dame kicked their ass. Next on the list of Notre Dame's going to lose to USC. All right, now this one I got to be more real, real about. That's the one I think Notre Dame catches the L. I do. And. There's a lot of factors that say Notre Dame could win. It's in South Bend. You still got Clay Helton. He's, <laughs> as long as he's there, you know, we should be pretty good. Um, but my concern is their passing game is very, very good. Slovis is back and the receivers are back. They recruit well, they're good. And our weakness is the secondary. That does concern me. And for that reason alone, I, I worry that we might. Catch an L against USC. I hope I'm wrong, but there's not there's not a lot to go into like th- that's it. I mean, there's nothing more, nothing less uh with USC. It's if we can stop their passing game, we can win. I think we can by game seven. I feel like Marcus Freeman will have the secondary somewhat figured out. Get some pressure with the front seven that I've already talked about that is returning and has a ton of talent. But at the end of the day. It it is a it's a real concern. It's legitimate, and if people want to tell me that we're going to lose to USC, I can see it. And you're not going to get a ton of um, <laughs> sarcasm and uh, rebut from me because I don't know exactly, you know, what that is. And before I get into the last one, because that's going to be fun, I'm going to jump back real quick. People are kind of talking about it, sort of talking about it, but the game won. Florida State. They got a lot of new recruits, a lot of new names. Some Notre Dame guys. Mackenzie Milton. You know, he's probably going to be your game one uh starting quarterback. And here's the deal. I'm glad we get them game one. I said it on Twitter, I've said it on the show. I'm saying it again. Glad we get them game one. But maybe I'm not as glad as I once was cuz the way I was looking at it was game one, they got all these new pieces. They got to figure it out because Last time I checked, football is a team sport. I mean I, I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they change it up, you know, and it's like whoever has the highest rated recruits for on their roster, they win. You don't even have to play the game. But it's a team sport, and I don't know that they're gonna have all their shit together. Um and that bodes well for Notre Dame. However, there's this new wrinkle that um the Bobby Bowden uh passing is going to be I think, uh, a motivating factor for Florida state, even if they stole the 1993 national championship, that's neither here nor there. Um, he was a great guy for college football. You know, his passing was uh, a big deal for obvious reasons as it should be. And I'm sure the Florida state kids and fans and everything else in Tallahassee, it's going to be a big deal. And we've all, uh, I say we all, but I assume we've all played sports and if you're lucky enough to have played in front of a lot of people, which I have been, you can feed off the crowd very quickly and easily. It's not impossible. So but I still think getting them game one is a big deal because come game six or seven, I think Florida State's gonna be a legitimate team, you know, probably winning seven, eight, maybe even nine games this year. I'm I've looked at her schedule, but I think if we beat them, it actually is gonna look good at the end of the year. On our resume. So, all right. I don't see Florida State happening. Wisconsin, Cincinnati, USC, we discussed. All right. University of North Carolina! Holy shit! All the people saying we're going to lose to North Carolina, including Notre Dame people, I have one question. Did you? Or did you not watch last season's game? Because if you did, you would know that Notre Dame shut down the fuck down. The the tar on their heel was shit. They stepped in shit. And that's what happened. The tar shitters. So, I don't know where we're getting off thinking that now in South Bend, North Carolina is going to all of a sudden, get all their stuff together because they got Sam Howell. Is he good? Yes, absolutely he's good. But you know what he's not? And again, please correct me if I am wrong. At 5 for nothing pod at Twitter. Direct message me. They're open. You know who Sam Howell is not? Michael Vick. Or Vince Young. Or Cam Newton. Or any other quarterback. That we've seen in college football history just take over a game or a team single-handedly and win football games. He is not that. Again, football is a team sport. So, let's talk about the the Tar Heels that have shit on their foot. They're, they lost. And I've said this so many times. Like, I need to just, you know what, I need to copy and save the text so I can just hit paste. They lost two, one-thousand-yard NFL running backs. They lost two NFL receivers who combined for over a hundred catches and seventeen hundred yards. They lost all of that. I got. Let me go back to my notes. I specifics. I, it's in here. Um, the receivers, the two receivers, accounted for almost fifty percent of Sam Howell's passing yards. If you include the running backs. <clears throat> the running back the, the four guys, four NFL draft picks, four. You can't see my fingers, but I'll hold enough four. The four guys they lost accounted for sixty-five percent of Sam Howell's yards. And we're just gonna replace it because it's Sam Howe. And he's amazing. Except that he's not. He's not that. He's good, yes. But you know what the other problem is? You know those the front seven I talked about that just destroyed them last year? They're back. Yeah, all those guys are back. They're 14.5 sacks, 235 tackles. They're back. We had six sacks last year. You know who else is so back? You know who else is back? The entire North Carolina offensive line, who ranked a killer 120th out of 127 in sacks allowed. Well, that's not good. Notre Dame had six sacks against them last year. Oh, and I keep mentioning this, but our D-line alone probably going to be the best defensive line when you compare it to the opponent's offensive line. Like, that's going to be our clear advantage every single game. But all of a sudden, North Carolina, all figured out. So, I don't get it. I don't understand it. You can't convince me otherwise. It's It's just not going to happen. I, how? I, I need to understand. I need to understand the mentality that North Carolina just all of a sudden put their shit together. After we stomped their ass in Chapel Hill, they lost a shit ton of talent. Not to mention a few guys on the defensive side, too. And they got better. And they're going to just run through Notre Dame. I've got so many bookmarks for North Carolina. I can't wait for that game. And honestly, I don't care if we win by one or a hundred. We won. You were wrong. Eat your crow. Now, if by chance, if by chance North Carolina wins, I will eat three crows because I've been pretty adamant that we're not going to lose to this team. But the idea that we're going to lose four games just doesn't my I, It's head scratching. I don't get it. It ain't going to happen. So you just go through the, the schedule. At Florida State, just talked about it. I still think it's a W. Toledo, yeah, right. Purdue, yeah, right. Wisconsin, could go either way. I like them for a W. Cincinnati, discussed it. Virginia Tech, oh no! Don't play Metallica in my ear again. Justin Fuente's running that program into the ground. I'll take the W, thank you. USC, talked about it. Pro, that's my loss that I didn't, it could still be a win. There is no game where you look at it immediately and go, damn it, that's not good. So while I'm saying Wisconsin or USC, they could both be wins. North Carolina, will not happen. Will not happen. Navy, just don't blow out anybody's knees. At Virginia, the Bronco Mendelhalls. no thank you. Georgia Tech, nope. Stanford, is Stanford even playing football anymore? So I got 11-1. You know, I'm, I'm guaranteeing it. You know, and you got people guarantee, I'll guarantee Notre Dame wins eight games, goes eight and four, and below nine wins. Well, If you want me to take a shit in a box, I'm not guaranteed. I got free time. But, if you want to listen to a Notre Dame fan <laughs> who is so informed, I would take my advice and go bet your life on the over that Notre Dame wins at at least ten games. I mean, think about it, nine; you get your money back. I don't even see that. I think the floor is ten and two, and the uh, we do have a legitimate twelve and zero ceiling. You know, it's going to be a fun season, guys. I I just can't wait. I cannot wait to get this season started. Okay, and I'm looking forward to it. So this is kind of the last episode before we get into a kind of a normal routine of the season. You know, we I a preview, talk about in this upcoming week, Florida State. And get into those and then give you a game review as to what we just witnessed. Probably a Notre Dame victory with our offensive leprechaun doing push-ups. Our leprechaun. And I'm sorry if I'm offending any leprechauns. I do apologize. I don't mean to. Offend you except that I am the exact same size as a leprechaun, so I think it's okay. Isn't there a rule on that or something? If you're anyway, our leprechaun is going to be doing so many push ups because I do believe our offense is going to be in a brand new like look, he's going to end up looking like freaking I don't know, is, is the rock big Goldberg, Steve? I don't know, Who, name a wrestler, I don't watch wrestling, John Cena. I don't know. He's going to be massive because his pecs and triceps and shoulders, he's just going to be knocking them out like crazy. So, I'm in for it. I hope you guys are too. And let's go, Irish. Beat Seminoles September 5th. It's go time. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Got a couple rants in there. Always a good time with that. Until next week, 5-foot-nothing, hundred nothing out.